Okay, looks like we're live. Hi, everybody. Um, Nina here. So let me just pull up some stuff. So I am live on Instagram and I'm live on Facebook with two different cameras. So I'm going to look between the two. Um, but welcome, everybody. And if you have questions at any point, let me know. Um, what we're doing is called a co-working session and I've combined it with an AMA. So what that means is while we're co-working, while we're doing our own thing, um, I'm researching keywords. I have 10, or I have 1084, I think, to research and I am still got a thousand to go. So um, I need people to keep me company while I do that. And as I do it, feel free to ask questions. Um, I'm going to try and keep track of all of the chats as we go. Um, I will admit Facebook is not the best at it, so I'm doing my best. Um, if I miss stuff, just flag it again for me um, and let me know that I missed it. But yeah, um, yesterday I played music, but I was informed by a thankful follower um, that it will get banned on Instagram if I play random music and I don't want us to get banned. So let's not, let's not do that. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna work together. And if you have any questions, uh, comment on Instagram, pop them in the comments on Facebook. Uh, I'm just trying to bring up the Facebook thing properly. Why does it hate me so much? It never wants to like actually let me do anything. Um, I see we have a few people on Instagram. Hi, everybody. Um, hello to people on Facebook, too. Once it actually lets me do anything, <laughs> come on. Uh, it never, like, lets me see the comments, and I don't know why it hates me so much. Oh, oh maybe because I have, like, 12 of them open. That's probably one of the reasons. Okay, let's just mute that so it doesn't start playing me on top of me. Yeah, so hi, everybody. I hope everyone's having a good Sunday. Um, I don't know. It's early here. I stayed up far too late last night. Um, I learned how to code calculators for a website in HTML and CSS and JavaScript, and then I made a ton, and it was a ton of fun, um, and I am nerdy like that. So <laughs> uh, feel free to pop in the comments. Just say hello if you're here. Um, let me know what you're going to be working on. And yeah, let me know questions at any time. Theo is asleep on the couch right now, hugging a pillow. Yeah, you, huh? Such a hard life you lead, Bubba. Hard life. Okay, so ah, I've broken it again. Okay, no, I think I've got, I think I figured out the chat now on Facebook. So yeah, we have both of these running at the same time. We'll see how badly my internet hates me. Um, but yeah, let's start co-working. So open up whatever you're working on, go to work, and we're going to hang out together for a bit and work. And if you have questions about anything blogging or SEO related, I am here. But otherwise, I'm also going to be going blind researching keywords. <laughs> Because someone, me, should think before she does things and should know her like bandwidth limits and not um, sign up to do a million and eight keywords. Hey, everybody, we got a lot of people over on Instagram. I don't actually know how many we have on Facebook. I can't see it. Facebook. Oh, we've got a number of people there too. Hey, everybody, uh, feel free to say hi in the comments. Let me know what you're working on today. 
Currently, I'm trying to cross-reference some keywords. It's always a hard thing when you do keywords for other people. It's like having to check posts that you don't know if they already have or not. Whereas like on my own site, I know all my, I don't know all my keywords, but I know my primary posts decently well, enough that I'd be able to be like, okay, this is surprising. Hi, this is the Eva. I just use um, names on your profiles because I don't want to get things wrong. Hi, he works, so I travel. Oh, I like that name. That's a good one. And we have Tanya over on Facebook. Hi, Tanya. No worries. Just listening. That's totally fine. We're all just hanging out. I really wish I could play music, but I don't want to get it banned by Instagram or anything. Oh, I can't check it because that sheet I don't have permissions for. Cool, cool, cool. That's great. Move on to the next one. Uh, oops, close stuff again. Oh, we got a bunch of people on Facebook. Wow, Facebook was really slow updating. Okay. Hi, Rebecca. Working on updating old posts. We have Sherry. Question about images. You said to check the number of images in competitors' posts. Is it bad if I have more? Post I'm working on is seven images, but my competitors have none or one. How much do I care about this? So I use what's called the improv method, um, which is basically me just trying to like make use of my high school drama certificate. Um, but essentially, I feel that when you see what other people have, you want a yes and it. So if they have one picture, I want at least one picture, if not more. If they have seven pictures, I want at least seven, if not more. Usually I try to do like a little bit more in the sense of maybe more original images, maybe more um, a more relevant image, uh, something like that. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be more in terms of quantity, it could be in terms of quality too. So not bad. When it gets bad is if you have like so many pictures you can't get through the text or um, they're really, really slow and they're not actually adding anything to it. Or like, yeah, if your competitors have, I don't know, 20, but you have 200, like th then we've got a problem. Um, so just like within reason, as long as you can still see the text. Because remember, as much as like some people are visual, Google is very word focused. Okay, and then we have Donna from Nomad Women. We have Myra finishing a post, great job. Um, Tanya, I'm listening while planning a trip to New York and Toronto. Oh, that sounds really fun. Oh, and then on Instagram, we have Our World with Jesse. When researching a bunch of keywords, what's the timeline on those keywords on how soon they should be written an article for? Okay, so like when you write the post, how quickly do you, or when you like research it, how quickly do you need to write the post? Um, there's no real rule. I have stuff like on a keyword spreadsheet from two years ago. It's more about slotting it into your content calendar. Um, definitely though, you're going to want to like recheck it a few times because things will change. So like, for example, whenever there's an update, the page views will fluctuate. Um, Key search and Ahrefs have done updates recently to like get things a bit more accurate. In some ways, it just like brought it closer to what the reality is. In some other ways, it could have messed it up. We don't know. Um, but also people's DA will change, your DA changes. So whenever I write a post, I put it through key search again, the keyword, just to double check. Um, but yeah, there's no real rule. And then we've got some people 
Michelle watching at my grandma's house. Oh, nice. And Jesse says, okay, so I can plan a whole year possibly. Oh yeah, I plan like a year starting in January all the time. Things change admittedly, but like I think having the plan is helpful to keep things kind of on track. Oh boy, Bubba. There's a very yappy Yorkshire Terrier outside and he's just looking at it like, why? Why do you do these things? Sometimes he barks at them, so I was quite worried he was going to freak out. No, you just, he's literally hugging a pillow with both his arms. You're so cute. Ridiculous, but so cute. Okay, oh my god. Little dogs drive me nuts sometimes. I know, Bubba, now you notice it, because now it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry if anyone can hear that. It's making their dogs potentially bark. Theo, leave it alone. Oh. No, no, no. Give me a Bubba. All done. All done. I know. I know. Scary little Yorkie. Hard life. Such a hard life. Oh, calm down. Yeah, it's okay. Just a little Yorkie. Just fine. Okay. Got some more people. Hi, everybody. Feel free to pop any questions in the chat. I'm just working on the side here. I wanted to play music again like yesterday, but I don't want it to like flag me on Instagram. Yesterday I got a notice that was like, oh, it's like banned in Russia and some other weird place on Facebook. And I was like, okay, well, sucks for the few people we have from there, but most people don't seem to be from there. So I guess it's okay. But yeah. Uh, Jesse asked, what are some good tips to approach my keyword research as soon as I hop on key search for a beginner? I always open it and don't know what to search. Um, so do you already have posts, Jesse? Like, do you have any content already? Do you know your niche yet? Uh, those are the first things to start with. You want to have a sense of, yeah, like what your topics are. And then you just start with the topic. Honestly, it's the easiest thing to do. So going through, um, sorry, I'm trying to talk and copy and paste at the same time, and it's not going well. Um, but yeah, basically you wanna be able to go through and start finding 
general information on your area. You could also mine competitors in the competitor analysis. What I would recommend, Jesse, is I have a free tutorial on using key search on YouTube. I think that would help you and give you a few ideas of different places that you can uh, do some research in key search. And oh, didn't mean for that to rhyme, but that was quite nice. Um, but yeah, that's where I would start. Uh, Ray asks, I'm just starting. How can I best use Instagram to drive traffic to my blog? Any pra best practices for stories and reels? I have no idea. Like, I am not a social media person at all, guys. I do this because I'm bored and I live alone with a dog and I need someone to talk to. <laughs> so, like, I have no strategy for socials at all. Um, it's also really hard to use Instagram to drive traffic outside of Instagram people just want to stay on Instagram. So like an Instagram just wants people to stay on Instagram too. So I would recommend just getting into SEO and avoiding Instagram, to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of like all the techniques and stuff. Um, Rebecca asks on Facebook, Yost is telling me that I've over-optimized because more than 70% of my headings have my keyword. Does this actually matter? I'm not keyword stuffing. It just makes sense to have the keyword in most of the headers for the user. That, no, just completely ignore any of that stuff. Um, I basically, first of all, I think Yoast is not very good. Um, and yeah, I'm not a fan. But even Rank Math, like they have very old school metrics that they go off of. Like keyword density isn't really a thing anymore. Um, it's definitely not a, like a full-on ranking factor. You have to use the keyword for sure, but like um, having it just a perfect density doesn't exist. So no, just ignore it. Oh, someone did have a question they posted yesterday. I'm gonna have to go find it. Um... Oh, goodness. This problem is I post too much stuff in our group, so I can't find anything. Um, okay, someone asked, I've, oh, Faye. Faye Haynes asked, I understand that it is best to niche down and have, say, 50 to 100 plus articles for each location to gain authority. Can you also do the same for keyword slash article type clusters? For example, if you had 100 bucket list articles, so Rome bucket list, Paris bucket list, et cetera, and 100 different articles with bucket list, hidden gems articles, same idea, where to stay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes, you can. And there's a lot of websites that do that. However, 99% of them are spam. Um, and the problem with them as well is that you're not going to get good click-through rate because what a lot of people are doing is like they're going to plan, okay, bucket list for Rome or where to stay in Rome. Well, then they're planning a trip to Rome. So you have nothing else to send them to. Cause like at, at upper level stuff, like hidden gems or bucket list, maybe people are just in the informational phase, but if people are like, if you're actually trying to keep them moving through to the point of conversion and especially to the point of purchasing from an affiliate link, you're going to want to have more topical authority um, where you write on the topic. So keyword cluster authority is definitely a thing. There's like, um, best hotels with water slides is a site I can think of. It is the worst content. It's all AI driven and like, doesn't even like just rephrase what's in, um, booking. It rephrases less than what's in booking. So it's not helpful. Um, 
yeah, not, not a fan. I don't think it's, I think it's okay within your topical cluster, but I think if that's what you're going to use to drive your whole site, you're going to have some trouble. Uh, Renee asks, hey, Nina, what do you recommend in terms of setting up a shop on your website? This is to sell digital products and services. Renee, I saw your question in the SEO roadmap. And the reason I didn't reply is because I'm currently editing um, the digital products module together. And so I was going to say, and literally, okay, I'll be, to be fair, until this moment, I forgot I hadn't replied to you. I'm sorry. What I often do is I'll be like mentally, okay, say this. And then I think I've done it because I've thought it. Um, but I was going to say it's coming this week. So that'll have the answer. But yeah, essentially there's a few options. Um, don't set up WooCommerce on your site. Instead, you can set up WooCommerce on a subdomain. You can run um, it through Gumroad and then just create like an everything page. Like I have for Shino's SEO on your site. And then when they click, it'll send them to the Gumroad checkout. You can do the same with Etsy. Um, you could also buy something like Thrivecart. Now, I wouldn't buy Thrivecart until you've already made the cost of Thrivecart from your digital products. Um, I didn't do that, but I also knew I was going to do a higher ticket thing like with the roadmap. So yeah, up to you. But basically the way that you start it is you start with the product. Um, then you have to figure out where you're going to host and distribute the product because that's going to vary based on the type of product. If it's a video course, you need a course platform. Um, what you could do, which is something that Digital Nomad Wannabe did and Liz Wilcox still does, but she's moving away from, is they have their uh, things on a subdomain membership area on like a subdomain of their site that's password protected that can slow your database. So be careful with it. And then they put like the videos on YouTube or Vimeo and then restrict access to them. Like this is the thing. It's going to be complex no matter what you do. I think it's easier to go through like a proper course platform. And what I really like about Thrivecard is it handles all of the tax stuff for me because I don't understand it. So yeah, hope that helps Renee. And then, yeah, that will be coming soon and then you'll be able to see it. Olga says, Nina, you betrayed Tim Hortons with Starbucks. <laughs> I don't like Tim Hortons. <laughs> um, but when I lived in Scotland, in Glasgow, um, I was I was so homesick at one point. I would like have dreams about like the shitty Tim Hortons tea that's like just water basically. But all I wanted was my tea with like two milks and one sugar. And I was like so dying for it. It was so funny. Um like one day I woke up in tears because I wanted a Timbit and I don't even like Timbits. I don't think they're very good. So I don't know what happened. Uh, okay. Someone, Nadia asks, Hey Nina, just wondering what you'd suggest for beginning link building. And if you have specific tips, thanks. Guest post, always guest post. Um, just start by doing outreach, start messaging people. The worst they can say is no. Um, there's tons of like, I have a post on Chino's SEO of I think over a hundred now uh, travel blogs that accept guest posts. And a lot of them are really high DA. Um, sorry, if you join late, the reason I'm looking back and forth is I have Facebook live over here and Instagram live over here. So running them both. Um, yeah, so start with guest posts. And it's a really good way too to learn from like, established bloggers who are more expert than you are. And like, that's something I did where it's like, I didn't want to work for someone full time. I see someone keeps requesting to be in the live video. I'm not letting people on the live video, just post in the comment, please, if you have a question. Um, but yeah, so 
that you learn a lot from them and it works very, very well. Okay, I need to focus for one second because I need to figure out this Excel formula that I need. Um, like I'm just not great at like talking and then doing math at the same time. <laughs> Okay, we have any more questions, feel free to just pop them in all the chats. Lost all sense of where my screen is. What did I do? Oh no. Oh, found it. Okay, we're good. Minor panic there. Thank you for joining me, guys. We have a lot of people on. This is really fun. Uh, Jill on Facebook asked, do you use Rank Math SEO in WordPress? Yes, and it is what I recommend. Yeah, um, it is has more functionality than all-in-one SEO. And then um, Yoast, Yoast really slowed down my site. I was not a fan of it. Um, you also only get one keyword with it where you get five with Rank Math on the free plan. On the paid plan, you get like a million of them or something. Um, it includes redirections. It can install your analytics code for you. It does better tracking from what I've seen of like things working and uh, it's schema is a lot better. So I'm a big fan and I don't understand why people use Yoast to be honest, to some extent. Um, I get like some people have had bad experiences with rank math and everyone to each their own. I'm very much a rank math stan. And ABD, I'm sorry, is it, I'm not sure if that's your full name or an abbreviation on Facebook says, hi, Nina, haven't started a travel blog yet. Neither have I enrolled in your program yet. I just want to ask, can I start a travel blog without actually traveling? You can if it's about somewhere you've traveled to before or that you live in. Um, I would not recommend starting. This is the thing, like it used to be that you could and I, I don't think it should have ever been the case that you could start a blog about something you've never done before. That's not a thing with EEAT anymore, and I really don't recommend it. Um, you're just not helping your user if you don't know the thing very well. So like, I mean, I couldn't travel the last few years, so I did like local travel around Canada during the pandemic, but like I was still traveling just in a different sense. And yeah, and I know Canada, <laughs> I've lived here a fair amount of my life now. Um, Tanya asks, random queue, how can one enhance a blog user experience to increase engagement and reduce bounce rates? Better content. Um, I know that sounds really reductive and it kind of is, but the better your content is, the better your internal linking, um, more engaging images, more engaging, helpful information that is formatted in an easier way for people to understand and appreciate and use, um, having extra media elements on the page. Um, 
Yeah. Making sure you have more content around the topic that you can send them to. So that's kind of what I was talking about before with, oh, I've forgotten. I think it was Faye or Faith, somebody asked about the 100 keyword cluster. It's the same idea. Like the bounce rate is going to be really high if, and to be honest, I think like bounce rate is kind of a dumb metric because to some extent we want people to leave for affiliate links. So I think engagement rate is more, more what matters and engagement rate and more pages per session will increase if you have more content around that topic. And if you manually funnel people through the buying journey, which most people don't do, but it's a very strong thing to do. Uh, Rebecca asks, I use Yoast because that's what was initially installed on my site. Thought about switching, but I'm worried about messing something up. Uh, on my site because all the category URLs are organized by Yoast. They would be organized in the back end of your site. So they wouldn't, I don't, to my knowledge, it shouldn't matter, but I don't know because I don't, I also don't rely on archive pages for anything. I have like navigational silo pages. Um, so I don't think it should adjust anything. When in doubt, ask your host to help you migrate things always a good time. They will help if you have a good host. If you have anyone but Bluehost, basically, they'll help you. Um, yeah. Okay. Jill asks, I'm still using, Mon still using Monster Insights for G4. I couldn't figure out how to link G4 to Rank Math. However, I'm now using Cadence Free. Do you recommend I try to link G4 with Rank Math or is it okay to keep Monster Insights? I am never of the opinion that it is worth it to have a plugin just to install code when you could either install the code manually or use rank math. So like my host was like, okay, get this CAOS or COAS plugin that'll load your Google tag faster for universal analytics. And I, or and G4 was like both of them at the time. Um, and I was like, okay, let's try it. And I downloaded it and then it had an update and then it deleted my code from it. And then I lost a few days traffic in my tracking, which like I still had the, a different G4 code manually installed. So I still have that traffic. I had my ad income. It was all okay. It was annoying to me because I wanted to hit 200K page views inside of UA and I couldn't because of that. Um, but also it was just like dumb that it deleted itself. And I will say I have deleted my analytics code probably the most of any blogger because I love to think I know how to code things. And I don't like, I fully am not a coder and I need to accept that. But I do often try to do things. So the one time, the only time I've ever messed up my code when it was just manually installed in my header is when I changed themes and I didn't realize it was like a whole new system. So I went from generate press to um, cadence and generate press, no, Genesis, Genesis to cadence. And it removed the header footer area part. You had to like use a plugin for it. And I didn't know that when I made the switch. And then I didn't look at it. I didn't check that I had moved it over. So I lost traffic for like four days, I think, when I did that, but like entirely my fault. Um, and I've never had to worry about an update messing things up. Equally, Rank Math has never disconnected my stuff. So I would also like that. And I just think you want to have your database as quick as possible. So you don't want a bunch of extra plugins to do one thing each. You want them to do as many things in a group as possible. Um, 
Okay. So I basically, that's me saying, get rid of monster insights. In my opinion, other people have differing opinions. It's up to you to decide what you want to do. I do have a YouTube video on how to install G4 with rank math and with, uh, the manual tag on YouTube. Anna asks, this isn't a question, just a message to say, thank you for your being amazing and for all you do to help and even more amazing in roadmap and private jet shameless plug, but well-deserved. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for putting up with all of my fun stuff. Oh, people are also asking stuff in the group chat of the event I made. Sorry. Kim asks, what is your opinion about rank IQ? I like rank IQ. I think it's fine. I have a, I just did a content optimizer, uh, comparison video on my YouTube that has five different content optimizers. Rank IQ is one of them to compare their outputs and see which one is best. Um, and too long, don't read. My answer was basically rank math is very strong. So yeah, <laughs> go with it. Um, it's rank math. I meant rank IQ there. Um, it's yeah. What I would do though, is you can get the $49 plan a month. First of all, if you get that one, um, and you buy it through my affiliate link, you get Nina notes. I don't remember how much it is. I think it's 10 or 20 bucks. Um, but if you email my VA, uh, Alex with your receipt, um, that shows you like bought through my link, then she'll send you the, like, you'll get the credit added and you can use that for, to buy anything from me. Um, but also then after that first month, you can downgrade to $29 a month. That way it's a bit cheaper. You only have eight, uh, optimizers instead of 16, but like most of us aren't using that many every month. Um, yeah, if you are using SEM rush though, I, I don't like them as a keyword research tool. Um, but I do like their content optimizer. It's the one that's built into Raptive, which I've been really enjoying. Um, Olga asked, should we stop or remove the code for UA? As I can see that Google hasn't actually killed it yet, so it's confusing. Yeah, they haven't killed it for everyone. They're taking time. Like Some people have it longer than others. Mine are all dead for my site now, um, so I just deleted the code. That was fine. If you want to delete it, delete it. Uh, just make sure that you do have a G4 code installed. If you had the UA code and it auto-created a G4 property, you might only have the one code installed. So be careful. You don't want to like delete all of your tracking for traffic. Uh, Jesse on Instagram asks, so I'll be honest, as a beginner blogger, I get a little overwhelmed on everything I need to learn. What are the first things I should focus on in the start of my blogging journey? Great question. Um, number one SEO, honestly, is going to be a big thing. I would say you need to learn how to write strong blog posts first. So like I come from a writing background. I've been freelance writing since I was 16. I've started my first novel when I was 10, finished it when I was 11. So like writing is my thing. Um, so that part was easier for me. But for a lot of people, that's where they get stuck. And if you don't know how to write well, everything else is going to fall apart. So you want to learn how to write. You want to learn how to do SEO and then mainly focus on getting posts out. And then Give yourself a minute to deal with backlinks, to deal with um, internal linking and stuff. They are really important, but if you're not confident in producing content, they're going to be a lot harder for you. So if you can, doing backlinks and your own posts would be my focus. But if you're finding backlinks are a bit too much for the minute, just focus on your own content first and really try to get that sorted. That way you feel confident in it. Um, so that's going to come from keyword research. That's going to come from writing, but yeah, 
That's what I would focus on. Don't worry too much about doing absolutely everything. This is the thing. Like we want it. We always want it to be perfect. We want it to be 120% every single time. It's just not going to be like, it's going to, I don't know. It's always going to need updating anyway in six months to a year. So don't worry too much about perfection. Done is better than good. That's what one of my uni profs used to tell me when I was having like anxiety attacks in her office over my uh, thesis and everything. So um, yeah, I would say that. Do you offer one-to-one? -one? Um, my coaching is closed right now. I just sold it out a month ago. And then I'm the research I'm doing now for keywords is partially because of that package. So the best way to um, be notified when my coaching is open again is to be on my email list. And I don't know when I'm going to open it up again the rest of the year. I'm still figuring out where I am the rest of the year. I'm like basically traveling all of September, I've realized, which was an accident. Uh, hi, not just lazy. It's an interesting name. <laughs> Uh, Natalie on Facebook asks, I feel like you already talked about this one, but is it a good or bad idea to write over 5k keywords for a keyword when there's no competition or just under 1k articles, but to really cover the topic, you need to write that many words. Depends on the keyword. Hard to say. Um, I definitely have some, but equally, you want to try to be as succinct as possible. So if there's genuinely no other option, go for it. I would hazard a guess that you could get it down to 3000, to be honest with you. Most people can. Um, people write a lot of fluff and I am totally guilty of that too. We don't want a lot of fluff for Google. That's not the thing. We want it to be um, to the point. We want to help people immediately. So yeah, just also make sure that the intent is answered early on. Um, Cause that's the biggest thing I see when people have uh way too long of a post is that they bury the lead on it. And then that's a problem because if you're not answering the intent immediately, people are going to leave. Have you ever used keyword insights.ai? Nope. Never heard of it. Not sure what that is. Um, Alexander on Facebook asks, how much traffic do you think websites will lose when SGE comes out? No idea. I'm not hazarding a guess on that, to be honest. I don't think it's worth speculating until we actually know what's going to happen. And so far, SGE has like not been great. Um, and if you look at the reports of people actually using ChatGPT, usage is down significantly. So we don't even know if like normal people are going to use this stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I'm so stressed about like daily life. I don't need to add stress to it. So I just leave it alone. And like my, um, basically my best practice is leave it alone, <laughs> go do things you can control. Um, otherwise you'll just spiral and it's not worth it. I know that's not like the sexy answer people want where they want me to like be like the world is ending or this exact amount, but I don't do that. I didn't like low fruits, not just lazy. I wasn't a big fan, but I haven't tried it in a while to be fair. So they've had a few updates since then. I think all, like this is the thing. I think people love a fancy tool to like try and find everything. Key search is really all you need. Like if you have key search and then strategies, you're set. Other tools just muddy the water to some extent and make you feel like 
okay, it's going to be perfect if this happens or that happens. And it's just not the case. Maricela, and also I apologize everyone if I mispronounce names. I am not good at pronunciation. Um, Maricela asks, what are good numbers to look for in key search? 100% depends on your site. Uh, depends on where you're at, depends on your goals, depends on if it's an affiliate keyword, depends on the difficulty. Like it, this is the thing, I am such a classic SEO where it's like, it depends, but it really does. Um, and ultimately you will set that number. So like I've written ones that have 10, traffic. I've written ones that are zero volume keywords. I've written for ones that have 10,000 traffic. So it depends on an analysis of the specific things. Um, Maricela, so I know it's a good keyword to write on. I am brand new, zero and new. I'd recommend uh, joining the SEO roadmap and learning about zero volume keywords because they are the best way to get started. Um, Olga, in I have like eight chats running right now. <laughs> That's a bit crazy. Um, if I miss any questions, guys, feel free to like nudge me. I'm doing my best. Okay, Olga says, I'm following your 50K videos and I get stuck on the first month for a month and a half as I have around 700 posts on my site and I felt so overwhelmed that I couldn't optimize them all. I just concentrated on one or two categories that are not finished, finished of tuning yet maybe finish fine tuning it, but I'll continue with month two. I just wanted to share this in case there are other creators doing it and they have a site with plenty of posts. Yeah, um, the like months are just how I did it for that course. So what Olga's referring to is my six months to 50K masterclass, which is currently closed to new students. Um, I am also renaming it Travel Blog Traffic Mastery. You heard it here first. Um, so yeah, it's currently not open to new students, but it will be later this year at some point. <laughs> um, I'm not sure when yet. But um, those months are just like the system I did it in. It's just the order. So do it in your own time. What I would say is the things you can't get to, no index them if they're not performing well. Otherwise they're going to um, drag down your site as a whole. Because Google grades the whole site. Natalie, are you updating the course or just renaming it? I have to update everything now because of G4. So I have to update everything. Um, there will be some minor updates, but that's basically it. It's actually getting pared down a little bit. I think. I'm not 100% sure. I've just started thinking about this. Uh, Our World with Jesse, which course is better, your 50K or your SEO roadmap? The roadmap for sure. The 50K is just like how to start getting traffic. Um, I call it a beginner course. Like that's to me, that's a beginner thing. Um, the SEO roadmap is like how to monetize, how to run a business, how to scale, how to like actually plan things more so and not feel so slapdash. Um, yeah, the SEO roadmap is my favorite thing. Like I have done so many courses and I created this because I didn't find anything I needed. And I genuinely just think it's the coolest thing ever. Like I have, I just made calculators for it last night that are like really cool custom calculators. I've never seen other people do that kind of stuff for fun. I find it really fun. So yeah, I don't know. The SEO roadmap is for like any level. Like there's, it covers beginner stuff. It actually 
covers like blog setup more so than um, the 50K masterclass does. Uh, but then it also covers to scaling. So it is like 50K is like included inside of it and then way more. But also the 50K is closed. So currently there's really only the one option. Um, Andrea, my blog traffic suddenly dropped starting on July 1st. I'm not sure if it's because I didn't set up Google Analytics 4 properly or something else. Is there a tool or strategy you can recommend to diagnose the issue? Also, you are awesome. Thank you for the space and all the great content you share. Thank you, Andrea. Andrea, Andrea, I'm not sure, I'm sorry. Um, I, I just won't say it just in case I say it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like it's a G4 issue. I would reinstall G4. And then the way that you check that G4 is running properly is in an incognito window, you open up a specific page on your site, not just your homepage. And then you see if the real time updates to show someone is on your site. It takes like, there's a few minute lag. It's a bit weird, but um, it will show if someone's there and you can go to like the specific area to see like the real time report for the pages people are on in case you might have it installed in some places, not in others. I have seen that, that and people doing that. Um, but yeah, if it was July 1st, it sounds like it's G4. And then beyond that, um, you will, sorry, I started reading something and then lost my train of thought. Oh God, the ADD is ADDing. Um, what was I saying? Oh, beyond that, to figure out if there's like a more significant traffic issue, check your GSC and see if you have stopped ranking for keywords. Um, Olga asks, will the old students have the updates after the six months is renamed? Yep. Yep. You guys will get added to a new, um, it'll just be, it'll look like a new course in Thrivecart, but it's the same stuff just a slightly different. I don't know. I'm not even hundred percent sure what's happening with it yet. I, I have not had time to handle it at all. It's a fall task for me because, um, with the, uh, G4, the G4 view, what's it called? Looker studio or whatever. Yeah. Like the looker studio thing that I shared in the Facebook group, pardon me with that, you can still use everything from G4 or from UA basically and figure it out there. So that's why I'm not like in a massive rush to update it. Um, but I know long-term people will need to set up their G4 for that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the content still works. It's just that little extra thing I need to update. And it's like every time I launch a course or anything, everything updates. Like I had my Jasper course ready to launch. And then two days before I was launching it last summer, they changed the entire interface. And I was like, great. Thank you. So helpful. Love it. <laughs> I know poor little course creator girl being mad about courses <laughs> and technology changing. <laughs> Oh, what was I doing? It was just in the middle of something and I had forgotten what I was doing. Oh, Nina. Can you not snuffle my toes? It's very creepy.
Darlene May. Hey, Nina, working hard on my blog post today. I've been working nonstop since our coaching call. You lit a fire under my behind. I'm glad. Yay. That's exactly what should be happening. Uh, Donna Mayer, G4 again. I also use Optin Monster for G4 because it's the only way I could. I think you mean Monster Insights. Optin Monster, I think, was just for forms. If I delete it, copy the G4 tracking code and simply paste it into Cadence box and the header builder. No, okay, so um, the way that you, okay, I, it's gonna be very hard for me to explain it. There is a video on my YouTube that is how to install G4 manually or with a plugin. It explains how to do this because if I try to like hand show you which box it is, I'm gonna get very confused. You're gonna get confused and I will not help you and I'm sorry. Um, I'm not a very visual person, so I'm really bad at like demonstrating things that way. But yeah, basically you would install the G tag code in the header footer area, not in the header builder. Um, and then, cause it, it it's, uh, it's script, it's not HTML. So it's a bit different. And okay, someone keeps asking about the name of my travel blog. I've seen it. We're not talking about that. Stop it, please. Um, it's very easy to find. You can go find it. Um, Donna, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so you would have to delete the other one and then you put it into the header footer area, the builder, um, and then go off of that. So it's hard to explain how to do it though because you have to kind of like mesh it together. So you'll find that in the YouTube video. Hey, Benjamin, happy Sunday. I got an email question. That was surprising. Um, my one question for the AMA was a follow-up to your which AI content writer is best. You said that Japter, Jasper was your favorite AI. What is your process to use Jasper to help write articles? You must know something others don't, as in a Facebook group I'm in. Uh, Jasper wasn't well-liked. Um, no, Jasper is not well-liked by many people. ChatGPT is not liked by many people. This is the thing, like AI writers, they are a writer. They are like a beginner freelance intern writer. And the problem I see is that people want one clicks like Koala, like Surfer, that will do everything for them. And that doesn't actually work because first of all, like it's, it's like an intern writer. I think of them, picture like, little baby, like 17, fresh out of high school, first job intern doing these tasks. They don't know what they're doing. They are doing their best, but their best is not great. And I can say that having been that person <laughs> many times. So like they mean well, but they don't have the experience we have. They don't have the knowledge we have. And so with things that are like a one click, you generate something, but you have to do so much manual editing. And everyone I know who uses Koala, and I get really annoyed that they don't talk about this as much. They're like, oh, I love Koala, I love Koala. And I'm like, yeah, but then you take the entire Koala output and put it into ChatGPT and then rerun it. And I can do all of that in Jasper live. So I have a number of different ways I use Jasper. If you want to like learn all of my workflows for everything from blog posts to digital products to quizzes to everything, um, I have my Jasper AI course for bloggers, um, which you can find at shinosseo.co slash everything. Um, but some of the different things I do is like giving really detailed prompts, filling in the content brief area, um, teaching it the stuff. Like I think people forget to do that. They assume that in like the, I'm going to call it boss mode, even though now it's just like the new document area, but I don't know, I still called it Jarvis for the longest time, 
But in those areas, you need to train it. Like you need to give it information. It is not a researcher. It is not a like, yeah, it's just a writer. It's just there to regurgitate the information you give it with the little bit of background it has into something useful. And so it is our job to train it. It's our job to adjust it, to prompt it, to feed it that information, to have done that research. Now, I definitely, like, I use a bunch of them. So GPT-4 is like, that's what I used to help me build calculators yesterday. Um, I've used it for all sorts of stuff. I use Jasper for all sorts of stuff. I find Jasper is far superior than any other one for affiliate posts. I don't write affiliate posts anywhere else. I wrote a few Amazon affiliate posts with Koala, which like I do like because it can auto pull stuff from Amazon, but the lack of customization really bothered me because it can just go off on a tangent. It can do its own thing. And it's very much a la the old world of Amazon product review sites that like just regurgitate a bit of information, have no actual content, pulls images, doesn't tell you where the images come from. So then that's kind of a copyright issue. So for me, it didn't really work out for that. Um, and then ChatGPT, I've tried a number of times and you can get a good output, but you have to edit a lot more where I find with Jasper for the affiliates, I just don't. Um, but also like, I think people also want it to do all the work for them. Write your own first like section. If you're really struggling with it, that means you haven't prompted it the right way. It's just like with a dog, like a dog who pees inside. It's not the dog's fault. It's your fault as the owner, because it is like the nature of a dog. If they have to pee, they want to pee. Same with a baby. So you need to deal with training that and structuring that and making rules around, okay, we pee outside. We don't pee in the house. But if you, if your dog comes to tell you they have to pee and you don't do anything, that's your fault. The same thing happens here. If you're getting poor quality outputs, as harsh as it sounds, and like, and I've just been like, I don't know. Like I, I totally think it's valid for people to say, I don't like this AI. Totally fine. What I get mad about is when people go like, well, I gave it a three word prompt and then it didn't generate the best thing in the world. And I'm like, no, of course not. <laughs> like that's not how this works. You do have to put in some effort. So put in the time, feed it the information, learn how to prompt it properly. Or if you don't know how to prompt it properly, you have to start the writing because it recognizes patterns. So yeah. And then I think ultimately too, some people are very frustrated by um, the kind of like commercial language it sometimes uses. So you just edit it. And if you edit it once, it stops using it. <laughs> so like, I don't know, I don't really get why people struggle with it so much because I find it really easy, but maybe that's just me. I will say their newest brand voice update is better. I did not like the brand voice before that. Um, Jill, how much weight do you give to rank math scores? None. I do not look at them at all. Those scores are ridiculous. Rank math, Yoast, I don't care about their scores at all. I want to make sure that like relevant things have been toggled. So like, okay, that I remember to write the meta. Sometimes I forget if I'm doing a batch of content um, that I put a featured image, like I kind of use it more for that. And then I use it to input a few keywords and just be sure that like I did use them in the post. Um, it's also a good option to use them and then uh, like have Link Whisper connect to it. So it'll pull those keywords too. Ella asks, do you have any tips for self-motivating for really tedious tasks? I find writing affiliate posts mind-numbing and they seem to take ages. Any way you use to give yourself that second win of energy and focus? 
there's see, I, I don't know. Money excites me. So the idea of earning money from it motivates me to keep going when I hate them. Um, cause like, yeah, after your like eighth whale watching post, you're like, ah, no more, but I don't know. Earning money really does motivate me to get, to finish things, I guess. Um, another thing is like, I break down my, so I'd watch my goal setting workshop, Ella, cause that's where I break down like how I do my task structure. And I think from that, the like treat yourself section is kind of what would help you where it's having like a carrot at the end of the stick for completing enough stuff. Um, that could be a day off. It could be like, I have chocolate chips on my desk. Usually I've kind of gotten out of them recently and I've been trying to figure out what my next thing is going to be as like a treat, but, um, where it's like, okay, when I finish a post, I get something. When I finish a paragraph, I get something. Because sometimes we just need to work that way. And so rather than having like, I think in school, we have a lot of negative reinforcement where it's like, okay, deadlines, deadlines are the worst. If you miss it, you're going to have problems. Everything's the end of the world, blah, blah, blah. Like I would much rather work towards a positive than work for fear of a negative. So instead it's like, okay, if I finish all these things, I get a spa day or I get a manicure or I get a nice lunch or whatever. Sometimes it's not even like, like back when I couldn't afford stuff, it wasn't okay. A paid thing. It was like, I get an afternoon off. I get, I don't know, even like when I went grocery shopping, okay. I get like a nicer cut of meat or something where it's like not super expensive. Um, maybe yeah, I get a full day off, maybe whatever. There's so many options, but having a treat helps for sure. Um, and then ultimately you need to find your best method of working too. I find that when people say things are tedious or exhausting, it's the type of like, it's their system of work that is also causing problems. So I would look like evaluate how you work and start trying different ways. Like for me, batching works really well. Um, other people need more systemic stuff. Um, other people do time blocking. I don't like time blocking because with like ADD, I get like time blindness. So I have no idea how long has passed. And then I just get stressed watching a clock the whole time. So for me, that doesn't work, but for other people that can really help. Uh, Benjamin, I've found ChatGPT to be useful for creating helpful tables and generating, ide generating ideas slash outlines. Any writing, I end up editing a lot, so not really worth it. If I have 25,000 page views a month, am I leaving money on the table by not building out my email list? Okay, those are two very different thoughts, my bad. Um, so yeah, I like it for tables. I don't recommend, I never recommend using an AI for outlining. It is, that's not the purpose. If you want to have an SEO optimized outline, do it yourself. 100%. Um, no, I wouldn't start an email list until you have at least 30,000 page views and until you have things running pretty consistently because it's going to take time away from you writing posts. And so unless you're like already on track to earning income, yes, technically you're leaving money on the table, but you will also be like stealing from yourself from the more um, evergreen stuff. So like my email to make affiliate dollars off of it, I have to write the emails every single week. If I don't, and like literally when like one month I changed my email strategy, that money went away. Whereas with posts, that affiliate income and the um, ad revenue keeps coming in. So focus on it first because it has more longevity and it's less like you need to do stuff for it every single week. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce your username. I'm sorry, but someone asked, what would you do if you lose all your websites and have to start over? 
start another website. <laughs> um, I love this. I would just keep doing this. I would find more websites. So yeah. Um, I just like my most recent site I started in January, which I think people forget. Maybe I forget too. I don't know if I talk about it enough, but like I started my most recent site in January and I have like heavily neglected it because I'm busier with my other ones. But um, like this is, that's one of the reasons why I started it was to like stay up to date on stuff. I don't want to be that kind of SEO guru who like started a site in 2008 and has never started another new one. So it doesn't know how it works. Uh, Jenny asked, how many monthly page views would you recommend before applying, apply, geez, applying to affiliate programs? And what are the easiest programs to get into for newbies? Uh, Jenny, you're a travel blogger, right? If so, uh, so I say don't start writing affiliate posts until at least a thousand page views. You need people to trust you first um, and Google needs to trust you first. So like if someone's first interaction with me is sell salesy and like selling to me, if I'm not expecting to be sold to, I don't trust them. And equally, like Google doesn't trust you. If you open up a shop that's like a brand new restaurant and you don't do free samples, you have no reviews, you have no one saying this person is trustworthy, no one's going to buy your stuff. It's why people do free samples. And that's what our first thousand page views of informational content is. Then for easiest programs, um, travel payouts and stay 22 don't have traffic requirements travel payouts, like if you apply for booking through it, you can still get denied, um, but it is going to be easier. Uh, then a lot of other ones, like I got into so many in, like I applied to 300 affiliate programs in my first year. And my first year, I never got past like 10,000 page views. And all of that was from weird Facebook group swap things. Um, so yeah, like it was not great. And I got into like everything that was a couple of years ago. But I just say apply to what matters to you, but focus on like one affiliate program at a time. Don't be like, I'm going to conquer 12 of them all at once. You're going to, yeah, go out of your mind. Um, would you ever use a broker to buy an established site? I've used one before, but I've been impressed with Empire Flippers. Um, maybe. I've seen good and bad, so I don't know. Um. I like to start from scratch. I'm quite a control freak and there's some legality issues I've seen. Like, I just don't like the contracts. They're not, a lot of times they're not actually written by a lawyer the way they should be. That being said, like, I also just have trust issues. So that's just me. Um, I know many people who do it and have had success with it. I also know many people who have found not so great things from it. So yeah, I didn't realize there's a time limit on Instagram. So there seems to be 30 seconds left on the Instagram live and, um, I don't know. I'm going to keep going on Facebook though. So if you want to come join us on Facebook, it's SEO for travel bloggers, Facebook group where the replay will also be. That's weird. Like they don't tell you these things with all of these lives. 
Like I tried to like set this up on YouTube too. And they're like, no, you have to like get 24 hour verification. I don't know. We're done on Instagram now. So now we're just to Facebook. That makes it a bit easier. My neck was getting sore looking <laughs> between the two. Rebecca says, I've noticed you have a block in all your travel posts indicating your favorite resources. Do you find that converts well? No, it doesn't. It, it does nothing for me. Um, the one in my email does well. The one on my site, pennies. Not, yeah, was not massively worth it, to be honest. I thought it would do a lot better than it did. Well, that's not true. Some posts it does okay in, but I think the biggest problem is that it's after the conclusion and the related post section. So it's hard because like people are already kind of gone elsewhere. So they've already interacted with other stuff. Um, yeah, so I just don't think it does that well partially because of that, to be fair. I do well enough with stuff in content and I think it does so much better that I'd rather focus my time and energy there instead. But yeah, I did just give... Um, all of my SEO roadmappers access to um, my, what's it called? To my Cadence Pro for free. So they get like the lifetime access to Cadence Pro like I have. Um, that way, yeah, they can all access it forever. And then they can add that too if they want to. Um, Jill asks, I'm a new blogger, six months and 10 posts. How do you start getting ranked on domain authority? Uh, domain authority is largely from backlinks, Jill. So get backlinks. That's going to be the biggest thing. I don't like Flippa. I think that's, it's not great quality. I would say Empire Flippers over Flippa, to be honest. But again, I have not actually purchased from them. This is from me looking at them and from hearing stories from other people. So it could equally be that the people who have used that didn't do a, do good, ugh, didn't do a good job verifying it all. Um, I don't know.
anyone has any other questions, feel free to pop them in the chat. Otherwise, we're just all working away together. Oh, I've lost Ahrefs again. Jesus. One day I will close one of the one million <laughs> tabs I have open. Today is not that day. Um, Rebecca, you probably said this somewhere, but how long are you planning to be on the car call? I'm trying to organize my day around this. Oh no, another hour. I didn't say it. I just <laughs> just do stuff. Um yeah, this is why my my business coach generally the first time I met him, um, he was like, okay, so like how much do you do every month? Like, what are your systems? Blah, blah, blah. And then when I told him, I'm like, yeah, I just do stuff and then see what happens. And he was like, you're making how much money? Like you have no strategy. And I was like, no, whatever works, I just keep doing. And he's like, okay, but how do you start? And I was like, I don't know. I just have a whim and then I do something. <laughs> so like I made calendars last night or, or calculators. I have no idea if that's of benefit to people. I just wanted to make calculators and then was really excited and then shared them with a friend who was like, this is gold. Please like add this to the course. Uh, Janet says, have you tried chat GPT for? Yeah, there's a big difference. It is very good. Um, I max it out a few times a week. Like I do a lot with it. Um, I think it, I think it's a really interesting tool with the plugins that you can build into it too. So like the code interpreter is really fun. Um, there's a lot of cool like analysis you can do. And yeah, I'm also like trying to figure out the API. Cause I have like, I have this amazing plugin idea and I had someone working on me with it and then they ghosted. So I need to try and find a new developer to help me with that. So if anyone knows anyone good at developing WordPress plugins, send me an email at nina at shenosseo.co. They have to be legit, but they have to also be able to like connect to an AI API inside of the plugin. I would also take a Chrome extension, but I'm trying to do it myself if I can, and I don't think it's going to work very well. Uh, Alexander, how many backlinks have you built so far to your main website, and are you actively building backlinks or ranking for competitions with low keywords or for keywords with low competition? So I don't know how many I've built to my main site. Let's check. Let's see what HF says. Um, I don't keep track of like totals like that. Like, I don't know how many keywords I have on that site. I don't even know how many posts I have at this point. Um, let's see. It rounds it to 10K, but that seems incorrect. So it says 10K backlinks but I don't think that's true. Mm -hmm. Isn't like, it just doesn't want to give me the specific numbers. It keeps rounding it to 10K. I'm guessing it's like 9,000 and something. 
otherwise it would be 10 point whatever so I'm guessing like yeah it's 9,000 ish between 9,000 and 10,000 or 9,900 and 10,100 I guess based on the little graphy thing um yeah I build backlinks when I need to for certain posts it's all about individual posts to me um so that site does have built backlinks and any site that I don't build backlinks to stagnates so highly recommend building backlinks like they're not terrible they just take so much longer to rank Donna, I wrote a post a while ago, style of accommodation in X, which ranks well for that keyword, but also ranks for style of accommodation in Perth, but in position 30 or so. So I wrote style of accommodation in Perth last week and style of accommodation in X. Still hasn't dropped off. I've done internal linking between the two and other posts and re-indexed them. Is there anything else I could do to push the new post up? It's just going to take time. Um, the next thing to do would be build a backlink, but remember that Google takes like three to six months to fully finalize the post position. So I think what's happened is if you wrote it, when did you say you put it up a week ago? Yeah, a week ago. I think it just hasn't fully worked itself through it yet. So give it time. I'm not worried. Um, worst case scenario after three months, I would build a backlink to it, but that's it. I think you're totally fine, but you've done all the right stuff. I always have Theo fur on my face. Nancy, I've got a quick question about no follow and do follow links. I thought the links that links to everything except your own post should be no follow. No, that's incorrect, Nancy. Great question. Okay, so basically the only links that we no follow are affiliate links. So links where we make money. So even sponsored posts, if someone paid you to put that link on that page, or paid you to put up that post, or you're going to earn affiliate money from someone clicking that link, no follow. We don't want Google to see that. Basically, that's us saying like, don't look at this, put it away. The other thing that we can no follow are competitor posts. So if, for example, you are competing with a tourism board, um, or, or actually a better example, if you're competing with the tour company, or the hotel itself for the keyword, and you need to link to their homepage for some reason, then you know follow that link to say, okay, I have to show them for my user. I don't want Google to look at it because the risk is linking to a competitor ranking for the same keyword. It's kind of like you being in like, I don't know, a track race with somebody and being like, yeah, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. But that person is so amazing. I love them. They're epic. Everyone's going to be like, oh, okay. So that person's better then, right? And that's what Google will think too. Then do follow means that Google can see it. So the problem with what you've done is that when you had backlinks to authority sources who were going to build your trustworthiness on your site by saying, okay, here's statistics, here's like the weather network, here's backing up whatever claim I've made, here's restaurants or something, you've not let Google see that. So even though you had it and your user can see it, Google can't see it to assess that you've done the due diligence for EEAT. So we want to make those do follow for sure. Um, yeah, rule of thumb is if you're going to make money off of it, no follow, or if um, it's a, comp a direct competitor for that keyword. I usually use the rule of anyone in the top 20. Alexander, what is the min minimum monthly search volume threshold for the keywords you write articles about? I answered this earlier in the call, Alexander, but essentially it completely varies. I've written for 10, 0, 
100, 10,000. I've written for everything. It's all about that specific keyword and how it performs. Um, it's not worthwhile to just have a general rule of thumb because you need to look at no, this is my, my kind of philosophy. No post exists in a vacuum. It should always be a part of a pillar. And so there's so much value to posts that might get less traffic if they have a higher conversion rate for affiliates, if they are more specific to your niche or your audience, if they can rank really easily and like through interconnectedness, drag everything else up. I always, when I picture like, when I picture internal linking, I picture the house from up. So I picture like the balloons and the little house and the higher it's ranking, the higher that balloon house is floating. And then Russell and Doug, the dog are sitting on like the porch or something and they have fishing rods and the rope is this long or line, whatever. I don't fish. Um, and so I need to be able to see myself one sec so I can make sure my hands are on camera. Cool. So if they're floating just off the ground and they internal link and it's like this long, well, they're not really going to get things off the ground. But if they're ranking number one and they internal link to things, they've dragged things way higher up. So sometimes it is worth it for less volume to build your authority on the topic. Sometimes it's also worth it to, yeah, get less traffic for more money in other ways. Um, sometimes it just builds the pillar. There's so many different reasons to do things. And yeah, and, and no post that is for 10,000 words exists on its own. You have to have authority around that topic. So there's going to be a dozen, at least few hundred volume keywords beneath it. There's probably some 10, there's probably a couple thousand. So yeah, ultimately I think it's very reductive to just have like, this is my minimum number because then you're not opening yourself up to the whole strategy. Um, Nancy, is it worth spending ages? Yeah, go fix it. 100% go fix it. Um, because EEAT is a massive ranking factor. And so they could rank a lot better from having those. So what you said, I'm sorry, Myra said, so I'm a little confused about what you said regarding no follow. So if I'm writing a post about best museums and X, should the links to the museum site be no follow? Only if it's an affiliate link, or if that museum ranks when you search best museums and X, does that specific museum page come up in the top 20? If so, it's a direct competitor. If not, even though yes, it's about the topic, no, it's not a competitor. It, it would be more like when it's about one singular thing that this happens. Um, sometimes with very specific tours, if it is like, okay, best, I don't know, private whale watching tour with life jackets. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something really specific. Um, then if there's just not that many, sometimes a specific tour will rank for it. It just depends. So you just want to make sure that that domain that you're linking to, if you're going to link to it, it should not appear in the top 20. That's basically the rule. Do you write blog posts about places you haven't been to and how do you create images for those places? Um, very rarely. And when I do, it's because it's like, I have the authority and expertise from my travel style. Um, and then I've talked about this. There's definitely, there's YouTube videos about this. It's in this group as well. A few people have asked this question. Um, I don't create images. I don't use AI image generators. What I do is I either use an original image of me 
in a place as best I can. Um, if like maybe I haven't been to that town, but I've been nearby, I could try to use it. Um, typically, I will source them from like blogger swap groups. If I'm like, okay, I'll give you a link back if you give me this original photo um, rather than like a full on collab. I will also source them from like, I'll go to Facebook groups of the general public and I will buy photos off of people, um, which is fun. You get to support like local photographers who have always wanted to be a photographer, but like are kind of scared to actually do the thing. And it's a really fun experience to get to like help them realize their dream. I've gotten so many messages from people after who are like, yeah, now I started up my photography business and like, they're so excited and it's just cool. I don't know. I just like being a part of that. So yeah, even though like definitely there's free ways to get it, I could probably try to scam the system. I don't recommend it. Like people will also be like, oh, can I just screenshot the photo off Unsplash? It's like, why? Why do we need to do these things? Why can't we just figure out the legitimate way to do them? It's just easier and you can help more people and yeah, like get to meet some cool new people. What, Bubba? What you doing? You just hopping in the corner for no reason? Okay. Dramatic doggo. They know such a hard life deal. Anya asks, one of my blog posts cannot get indexed for a reason I don't know. It is the only one that is not indexed, but it is an affiliate. Could this be the reason? GSC said it's discovered, but not indexed. How do I fix it? Create a duplicate with different keyword. There's a few ways. Um, first thing, build internal links. Second thing, build backlinks. Um, after that, if those don't work, there are two other options. So what, it, sorry, lots of ideas. It could also just be how long it's been up. So sometimes if it's discovered, but not indexed, Google's like, okay, I've seen it. I don't really think it's like, top priority right now. We'll come back and deal with it later, maybe. Um, so if it's just new, I just give it time. If it's been a couple months or even like a month, if you really want it to get there quickly, then definitely it's, it's why I always internal link things. Um, the second I hit publish, I think it's really important. Building backlinks will also help prove the authority. Then what you could do if those don't work, which becomes a problem to some extent, because um, you would need to like republish it with a slightly different URL. So not massively different, but then you have to contact those people to change the backlink, which is like doable. I've done it many times. I know a lot of people are like, never touch the backlink, but I'm like, it's fine. I mean, as long as you can like go email that person and say, could you just change it to this one? Or you put the redirect, it's not the end of the world if the original thing wouldn't have ranked anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's what you can also do. But there's also like Index Me Now or Index Now is a service. I use them for one of my sites and it worked very well. Alexander, can you recommend the best affiliate programs in your opinion that you have been a part of? Not really, because it's going to depend on your site. <laughs> so like it's entirely dependent on what your niche is. Um, 
all five of my sites, different ones perform best. Like my, my top three for every site I have is different, which is really weird. I didn't, cause I have like two that are travel. So I thought they would have more crossover and they don't, it's really interesting. And they're both in the same country. So I also thought it will, it would have crossover, but nope. <laughs> so, um, this is the thing, like people, I get why you're asking and I wish I could say, oh, it's this one and it's perfect. None of them are. Um, and I cannot guarantee success. So like the way that I figured out what works for me is I just tested a lot. Um, and yeah, I highly recommend just taking the time to do that and run tests and see what converts best for your audience. So like in travel tours are a big deal. Um, what tour company is going to work best for you? It's going to really vary based on your location and your niche and the type of people. Cause like Contiki for like up to 35 year olds or Trafalgar for like older people, like they could go to the exact same place, do the same tour, but it's going to vary. So yeah, that's why I just like kind of have a policy not to say this one specifically, not cause I'm trying to be vague or like annoy you guys, but just because genuinely it does change so much based on your niche. And I don't want to send you guys down a rabbit hole of like, well, Nina said this one's good. Oh, there was a bunch in the chat. One sec. Uh, Olga says, speaking of images, I saw one image from my website being stolen on two websites and a Facebook portal. And I'm wondering if it is worth doing something. I wrote them and no answer. Uh, they didn't even credit or put a link to my website. In fact, I wrote a, them telling them I could allow them to use the image if they linked to my website. Um, it's very likely just spam that they're like just stealing content anyway. You can disavow them with Google. It's not really worth it unless your spam score is crazy. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I just let it go, to be honest. Some people do put like a watermark on the side of their images. None of my images are good enough to be watermarked. Um, or if they are, they're of Theo. And I'm like, well, very clear whose dog he is so yeah I don't worry about it too much it's kind of the same I have a YouTube video on like what to do if you're someone like copied your blog post or stole your blog post watch that because it's the exact same advice Laura asks is there a maximum amount of internal links that you add to a post and do you add the same internal link multiple times in a single post if it's relevant so I'm going to answer this backwards Yes, I will add the same link multiple times. However, there's a really good niche pursuits episode with Cyrus Shepard where he did like a massive analysis of a thousand or a million internal links. And so he says that um, Google pays the most attention to the first iteration of the link and that's where it determines relevancy. So the first time I use the link is when I care most about the anchor text. So like if I have a related post section manually at the end of each post, which I do for all my sites, when I remember, admittedly, she knows SEO, I have not been the best about. It's like, I everything other than my main site, I neglect so badly. And even my main site, I neglect at this point. Um, but yeah, so it would have the related post section at the bottom. And I don't mind repeating it because it was used above with an in-context link. So that's fine. As to a maximum amount, I only have a minimum. My minimum is 10 unique internal links in context inside the post. Then if I can fit more, amazing. If I can't, I can't. Maybe it needs to wait till I develop the pillar more. Um, but it also depends on the size of the post, right? So like a post that is a thousand words, having 10 internal links, probably all you can naturally add because you're going to have external links and stuff too. But a 10,000 word post could have a lot more. 
Now, also depending on the type of post it is. So if it's like a things to do post where each of the things on the list refers to like a specific post that you have, you're going to have more internal links. So I'm very case by case. And I think this is like the interesting thing about me is like, I zoom out a lot with blog stuff. So no post exists in a vacuum, but equally I zoom really deep in for all of these kind of rules where I am like, you have to look at the exact situation. And I would say as long as it's readable and not just stuffed full of links, it's worth it. Some people do say that having too many internal links affects the, um, the like impact, I guess, density. I don't know what the right word is. I got four hours of sleep last night and I am now running on tea. Um, but, oh, what would the word be? I guess like the weight of the link juice sort of a thing um, to have too many. Oh, dilutes it. That's the word I was thinking. Of. It dilutes the link juice. I don't think it necessarily does. I definitely think things higher up on the post have more popularity in terms of like the authority they pass through the link because more people see them, more people could click on them. But equally, I don't know that it like fully dilutes it. I think if you do have a hundred, yeah, probably. But if you have 10 versus 20, I don't know that it's the end of the world. Um, but I don't know. There's been no thorough study. Google has not released a thing that says exactly this percent does this. Um, so I just go more off of like what's going to help my user and guide them through my site better um, and keep them on my site. So that's why like that's why I named the SEO roadmap the SEO roadmap is I think of everything on my site like I am sending Google on an itinerary on a day trip on a road trip. So he's going to have to like navigate through my site and my internal links are like those fun signs on the side of the highway that's like turn here and like get to see the world's biggest meerkat which like Theo and I went to see. Then I saw real meerkats and luckily he didn't notice them because <laughs> that would have ended badly. Um, just because he would have barked at them. I don't, he's too gentle to do anything, but yeah. So that was a very long answer, but no, there's no maximum. Uh, Jill, what is the best way to compress photos for posts? Uh, there's so many ways. So you do want to resize them. Um, I used to do like a thousand PX wide. Now I'm doing 1200 uh, because Google Discover prefers 1200 px wide images that being said for my vertical images i'm doing 1200 px height so i just don't care about discover that much um probably should pay more attention but my niche doesn't do great in it so i just don't really pay attention to it that way um so i resize it then you want to compress it so you can either resize it manually with canva um, i use the preview app on my mac then uh, I just upload it to my site and my short pixel plugin compresses it for me and converts it from PNG to JPEG to WebP as needed, um, which really speeds things up. So there's that. If you can't afford short pixel yet, use tiny PNG. It's free online, but you will have to like drag each photo individually there, wait for it to compress, download it, and then do it again. Um, and it just takes a bit and I am I'm very lazy. So um, I like the automation of short pixel. If you get short pixel now, don't get the biggest, like, so with short pixel pro tip, get the packages of like credits. Don't get the monthly thing. You're not going to use up the monthly amount. Like there's just too many in it. So you're actually going to end up overpaying. I bought like 300,000 credits in at, at Black Friday last year. And I'm not even like 
a third of the way through them and I have five sites like with tons of images. So, and I use it on my sister's site and my old, my old roommate's site. So seven sites, and I'm not even a third of the way through this yet. Um, so what I would say now is you can download free short pixel, see how many credits you need to like comp compress what's already on your site. And then think about how many posts you typically publish, see how many credits per photo in your media library it is. And then you can multiply the average number of images you include in a post by that different ratio that you saw from the credits it wants you to use versus how much you have in your image library, because every theme is different. So you'll have like, I know this is complex, sorry, but you'll have like a bunch of different versions of the same photo. So you have the thumbnail, you have like the, I don't know, small, medium, large, whatever, that just auto get created. So that's why there's more credits than images in your actual library. Um, usually it's like, I'd say 10 or so times. So if it 10 times it, then you know, okay, if I'm going to write four posts a month for the next three months, that's 12 posts. If I put 10 pictures in each post, that's 120 pictures. If each of those is going to need 10 credits, that's 1200 credits that I need. So I'll just get that. And then I'll wait till Black Friday to get a bigger package, but they never expire. So like equally overbuy, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Rebecca. How do you do your FAQ schema? I use the rank math FAQ block. So I just input it and then I put in my question and my answer. Um, and then I use custom CSS that someone in, I think this group or in private jet SEO or the roadmap, I don't know, I have too many Facebook groups. Someone in one of my Facebook groups helpfully contacted rank math forest and asked how you can add spacer between the questions because before they were quite tight. So now I have custom CSS that does that. Um, if you can't find it, let me know and I'll just post it somewhere. But yeah, it's just like CSS that adds 50 PX after it, maybe before the header. I don't know. I don't remember what it says, but yeah. Uh, but that's all I do. You can also use the cadence one, but the cadence one makes it an accordion. And I don't think that works as well for Google. And then the Yoast one doesn't make the question a header. It makes it strong or bold. And that doesn't quite pick up as well for Google. Uh, Laura, thank you. That was super helpful. Don't even know what that was referring to at this point. I ran through so much stuff, so I'm glad I helped. Uh, <laughs> can you tell? I just love this stuff. I'm getting so like pumped with it. Um, okay. A lot happening in the event chat. I've just scrolled to find where it ended. Okay. they cut off the watermark of the picture. That sucks, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, I mean, like you can disavow it if you're not liking that they're using your picture, but that's it. Nina, which advice can you give us to exploit infographics in the good way to get backlinks? Some way to say, steal me, but link to my website. I don't know how to proceed. I'm just putting the image infographic on the post, but I guess there's a better or smarter way. That's basically it. Um, I learned the way that I do it just by looking at how Backlinko and Ahrefs do it on theirs. And so they put like their site credentials on the corner. Um, and then basically it's just goodwill that people will use it. You could even like technically have a call to action at the end or beneath it that says like, um, email me here and I'll send you like a high quality file of this or something. Um, 
That way you can like ensure that they're linking back to you, but there's no way to guarantee it. And to some extent, like you do run the risk that someone will not link to you and just share the infographic. And we just have to kind of handle that basically. If you put the brand name too big on the image, people won't take it because if it covers the important information, they want the information to be the focus. Um, like I said, just go look at what Backlinko is doing. They've been really successful with it. So that's like his whole strategy is like that and doing um, surveys and stuff and getting statistics that he shares. So yeah, that's the main way it works. Um, so I would look at that and just learn by what like the people that have been doing it and it's working for them. Oh my God, you sigh like you have the hardest life, Theo. Such a dramatic puppy. His Crocs arrive tomorrow and I'm so excited. I've been dying for him to get these Crocs. Hope everyone else's work is going well. 
Rebecca. Uh, is it okay to repeat info in the FAQs that was in the main body of the post? Yeah, you just want to rephrase it, but the same topic can be covered. No worries. Um, you also want to make sure you don't repeat FAQs amongst posts on your site. Unless they're like not meant to rank for people also ask. Um, people also ask, you just don't want to muddy the waters. You want to have like one place where it's going to come from. People are starting to get tired, run out of questions. <laughs> we have been going for an hour and a half, to be fair. Janet asks, what do you use in Ahrefs that Key Search doesn't offer? There's not that much, to be honest. Um, so, well, I do like in-depth blog audit. So I have to go through some more stuff than you guys would need. But in terms of like actually just looking for posts, the main difference is that it, uh, first of all, it shows different backlinks to stuff. Not massively important, to be honest. Um, the backlink checker in key search does tend to show the highest authority things anyway, and it tends to just not pick up as much spam. Um, then there's just more filters when you're doing competitive analysis that allows me to like mine the TripAdvisor forum, which you can't fully do in key search. And that's the main thing. Um, I do like some of the more, some of the filters can help me when I'm doing things like, like I was just doing a keyword pack for a coaching client. Her goal is 30K a month. Um, Part of the coaching includes 52 keywords. So I found her 30K worth of affiliate keywords. Um, and on top of that, over 60,000 page views worth of primary keywords. Um, so from that, it helps me kind of judge those things a little bit faster through my filters. Um, but to be fair, 
the filters don't necessarily do that. It's more that like, it just speeds up my analysis. It's not that you couldn't just put in a filter and then get $30,000 worth of affiliate keywords. You still have to comb through it, which is like what I did yesterday. And so in that two hours, I got her list done and that was it. Um, so it does definitely take longer when I'm doing stuff for clients versus for myself, because I don't like, I have to cross check everything for them. I don't know the niche as well. I have to like, make sure it's something they know enough about. So it can take longer, but it is worth it. Especially because in the end they get to make all the money and that's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Cause like whenever I tell people like all of my strategies and all the things that I do, they're like, wow, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm like, yeah, it is. That's the point. <laughs> it takes a bit, but it, it helps and it'll make you money. Um, Emily, I'm not sure if you missed this question, but I thought I would repost since you said you were checking multiple channels. You just mentioned the resource blocks at the bottom of your post. I created one as well, but then I heard a warning about Google not liking repeated content. Oh, I'm sorry, I did miss your question. Um, yeah, so I have them. They're a hook element, so they're not actually technically in the post. Um, Google likes 80% original content for sure. And so that's why like, I don't, I never inside of a post copy and paste stuff. Um, so that's one of those elements that much like my affiliate thing auto populates across my site. It's also not technically content. It's like extra stuff. Um, so it kind of doesn't impact things like that. Um, so yeah, I've never had an issue with it equally. It doesn't convert that well. So not super helpful, but yeah. Janet, is Ahrefs, in Ahrefs, it's quite easy to search competitor sites, keywords, easy to use in key search, very easy in key search. Um, it's actually easier because there's less extraneous filters you don't need. Like you don't filter by CPC, you don't filter by traffic, you don't do SERP features, you don't, and also what I like about key search is it's the, um, they do global volume. They don't default to one country. So in Ahrefs, the numbers are always smaller. So even like that client, 60,000 page views, roughly, I think it was 52 or 62, whatever. Um, yeah, it was 52,000 page views would be closer to like 75,000 page views in key search because it's global. Whereas I was just looking at like the US filter for it in Ahrefs. Um, but Janet, you might want to check out, I have a free key search tutorial on my YouTube channel and it goes through the competitor analysis section in detail. So you'd be able to see that. Nancy, after what you've just said, read the FAQs. I've been using Yoast. Does this mean I should swap to rank math or could you write FAQs using H3 as the question? Uh, no, the Yoast, the Yoast format won't let you change the header. I've tried, I've contacted them for a client. It won't let you. Um, I, this is, I will always say change to rank math because I am biased because I really like rank math. And I've had, I used to use Yoast a couple of years ago, had no success, slowed down my site, was not a fan. So I switched and I really like rank math. I know other people using Yoast and are fine. So like up to you, most of them don't use FAQs at all though. So that's up for you to determine. Um, I am very pro rank math and I've had like when I started using the rank math FAQ schema, I started ranking 13.7% more often for people also ask snippets. And that's the only change I made. So I think it's very worth it. And I do think the schema has to be set up correctly. 
Laura, when you're writing about a specific topic, like a particular city, for example, do you also target keywords that you can't rank for or keywords without any volume to build authority? You can't build authority if you're not ranking for it. I don't understand the question, Laura. Could you repeat it, please? Or like rephrase it for me? Janet, in an href searching a site like says Reddit, easy to do that in key search. Yep, you can do all that in key search. Janet? Natalie, do you lose all your information if you switch from Yoast to Rank Math? No, the meta descriptions will stay. I don't know about the FAQs. The metas stay, um, the permalinks stay, all of the keywords auto transfer to Rank Math. Um, I don't know about the FAQ though. You'd have to ask Rank Math about that maybe, or Yoast. I'm not sure who could answer you best, but I would ask one of them. Can you share a bit about using vertical images now in blog posts, Janet? Yeah. Um, so vertical images, number one, work best for mobile. Number two, um, they're also longer on the page. And so they elongate um, the scroll for people. So you make more money from your ad network if you have it. I thought it was dumb and I put it on and it massively changed things. So I was like, okay, we're doing this now. Um, and it really worked. So it does actually increase your RPMs. It's also like easier to repurpose in other platforms. Um, I'm going to cover this more in an email on Tuesday as well. Uh, that'll go over this in more depth, but yeah, basically it'll earn you more money. So it's worth it. Um, it is slightly better for user experience nowadays. Um, and yeah, overall just better. <laughs>
Laura, I mean, do you also write for posts for keywords that are very difficult to rank for on the first page? Of no. So topical authority, you have to rank for that thing, for topical authority to be part of it. Um, otherwise, you're just dragging your site down. So no, no, you wouldn't do that. Just having like quantity is not the purpose. Quality is the purpose. So having a ton of posts around a place, if none of them rank, will do nothing for you. You need them to rank. It's just like number of posts is not going to determine traffic if they're not ranking, if they're not optimized. Like numbers are secondary. It's more uh, like, again, it's always about quality. Okay, I'll give it 10 more minutes and then I got to walk the doggo and go get some groceries. So if anyone has any last questions, feel free to post them. Theo is snoring on the couch. Do you find your resources page converts well for affiliate income? Not really. Like it's fine, but it doesn't do a lot. Um, yeah, I don't think that they're a huge thing really for uh, most people. Cause like most people that come to your site, like your diehards are gonna like go find posts and stuff. But most people who come to your site are coming to a specific post. So it's that post job to sell them. Um, the resources page does fine, but it's also going to be very uh, site dependent. So like one of my niche sites, the resource page does way better than my other ones. Um, and that's largely because just of the type of niche, basically. So if you have a very general travel style, that's not that difficult. People probably don't need all the resources. But if your thing is like, I don't know, mountain climbing, like free climbing up mountains and stuff, people are going to want to know your gear. And so that's where it's going to do better. Uh, Jill, is there a tool you use to determine who your competitor sites are? No, I manually, you should know your niche well enough to find your competitors. Yeah. Like it's all going to be niche awareness, niche research, and then coming up with competitors. But I do teach how to find these in, uh, the SEO roadmap, where I talk about like specifically how to find competitors, how to figure out who's a competitor, how to figure out realistic competitors, and then how to do the competitor analysis. Um, but you kind of need to do some of it when you're doing your competitor hunting. But you should like, if you don't know your niche well enough to have an idea of your competitors, you don't know your niche. And that sounds harsh, and it is, and I do intend for it to be harsh, because I see a lot of people jump into these things and have no idea what's happening um, in their niche or not be aware of like their competitors. And if you say Nomadic Matt is your competitor, you are wrong. Um, you need like an actual competitor. So yeah, go find real competitors and then go off that.
Happy to help, Rebecca. Well, while we're waiting to see if any last questions come in, um, yeah, shameless plug. I do more like in-depth stuff like this in the SEO roadmap. I respond to questions more in-depth. Like you think my responses to things in this group is in-depth. No, it's not. <laughs> I go way more in-depth in the roadmap um, and everyone in it gets all sorts of knowledge all the time. Um, I love recording like new case studies and stuff, new tests. Um, I just created these calculators last night that I shared in there and done some beta testing and now I've made them mobile friendly. And so the roadmappers now have these automated calculators they can use to uh, put in keywords and then determine their affiliate income or potential affiliate income. That way they can plan out their uh, like long-term income goals better and break it down by posts. So it's going to take less posts because then they'll have an awareness of how it's going to actually make the money. Um, it does work for non-travel sites as well. And then uh, also to calculate the page views that they think they're actually gonna get and not just um, the, sorry, they just distracted me. The, the page views it'll actually get and not just the page views it says on key search. So yeah, I had a lot of fun making that. Um, people have other suggestions for calculators. I really like making calculators now. And I will be uh, teaching a lesson in the roadmap on how to make calculators because they're a really good, um, they're a really good way of building links, like building backlinks. And they're also a really good way of increasing time on page and getting return people. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a good time. And I've experimented with a few before on my travel site. And this one I think is going to be one of the best. So I'm very excited. Um, when will you open up private jet for enrollment again? I'm genuinely not sure. This is what I mean when I say I don't have strategies. Like I don't plan very well. I just realized I am basically gone for all of September and like need to put my car somewhere <laughs> and I don't know what the plan is. So I have to figure that out. Um, I don't even know where I'm living in a week. Like I, I don't plan things. So I'm not really sure. I will, um, yeah, I'll announce it via my email list when it opens. Um, it will open one more time this year, at least. Um, I think it will just open one more time. So part of the reason I'm doing that is because like now that we're doing the, we do live co-working once a month in uh, private jet. And so I want to have everyone moving through together. And the problem is if you haven't done the last co-working, you might not be in the right spot for the next one. So that's why I wanted to close the enrollment to like have us be moving through together rather than, yeah, people popping in and out and not, I don't think SEO can exist in a vacuum. So I really think you need the holistic side of it. It's also why, like, I know you guys get mad at me where you're like, like, not like mad, mad, but you're like, Nina, like release just sections of the roadmap. I just want to buy this one section. And the problem is like, I've done that before where it's like, okay, I just want to learn how to like outline a post. But if you don't know how to find the right keyword, if you don't know how to do the on-page SEO, if you don't have a backlink strategy, outlining the post won't matter. And I can tell you from experience with coaching clients, like easily 90% of the people I've worked with will come to me and say, I really know SEO. And then they show up and I'm like, you know, some, but you don't know, like you don't have the whole thing fully baked. You've got like the ingredients for a cake 
and you've mixed the dry ingredients, but you have a bunch of wet ingredients and you have no measuring cup. So you don't know how much to use. You don't know how much to put it in the oven for all this. And that's what I help like bring together for people. Um, but that's why like, I just don't, I don't believe in selling something that's not going to fully work. And I don't, I don't believe that just those little pieces on their own would work. Also to make it make sense, it would cost like twice as much to buy all of the things individually as to just go to the roadmap and learn it all there. And I would rather you guys save some money. So just go to the roadmap and learn it all there. Um, Janet, since you have a few travel blogs, what is your strategy to avoid keyword cannibalization? They're all very different niches. So they don't like really cross over. There's like one destination niche that kind of like technically bumps up against another one. Um, and I just only put the posts into that specific destination one. Like that's basically it. Um, keyword cannibalization is not like the biggest deal. If two of your sites can rank for it, two of your sites should rank for it. That's fine. Um, I wouldn't have the same site necessarily ranking in two spots because it doesn't necessarily help. Typically, if someone bypasses your site once, they're going to bypass it twice. So yeah, that would be my note on that. Um, yeah, I, I just think keyword cannibalization is not quite as big of a deal as people make it out to be across your different sites. Emily Wilson, did you see that one page website? That, that one page website sleep calculator on niche pursuits last week. I didn't. I'm behind on niche pursuits. That's interesting though. There's so many calculators out there. Like Numbeo is technically just a giant calculator. That's all it is. Um, and it does like cost of living. So yeah, calculators have been a thing for forever. It's why like I've coded a few, but I wasn't great at coding them. So I would always kind of fall apart at the mobile optimization section and GPT-4 using um, the code interpreter. I've been able to get more stuff kind of pieced together. So that was a lot of fun. And I also find GPT-4 way better at coding than GPT-3.5. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I did break things a few times, but I, now I have these three really cool mobile optimized calculators. I think I'm going to release one for free, but I'm still debating it because the problem is the two that are more advanced, like are really cool. Like the affiliate income calculator is really cool, but you have to understand how it works. And that's basically a large part of the affiliate module in the SEO roadmap. So without you having done that module, I don't know that you would understand where the number is coming from or how to write it to actually get that number. So I'm debating it. Feel free to put your opinions in the chat. I may or may not listen. Who knows with me? <laughs> I'm never sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was just a fun thing to do to some extent. So I have a few other ideas of ones. Like if you input your DA, it'll tell you what DAs you could target. Um, and yeah, I think there were a couple others I was thinking of. I wanted to try to build out an API that I could like, you could input the keyword and it could tell you how many backlinks you'd need. But I think the API would be a bit too complicated for that. And technically you could just do that in key search backlink analyzer. Jenny, if you go on Gino's SEO and search quiz, you'll find two quizzes. <laughs> I have my SEO spirit animal one and I have my, um, what's your blogger, your blog personality there. Um, yes, you'll find both of those. So I actually have the roadmap has a module on that. And I just taught a live um, masterclass on it in private jet SEO. Yeah. Okay. So it's 11 now. 
I'll wait one more second to see if any like very last minute questions come in and then I'm going to head out. Um, Janet, nice work on Niche Site Lady contest. You crushed it. Great inspiration. Thank you. I'm very happy to have. Still feels surreal. I can't, I don't know. I still, I, I like went to buy sneakers and they were like $200 and I was like, oh my God, it's so much money. And I had like a full on panic attack. And then I basically had to sit down and be like, okay, you've got problems, Nina. Like <laughs> You did very well last month. You're fine. Buy the sneakers, your toes poke out of your other ones. So yeah, I'm still not good about this whole understanding that this has actually happened thing. Okay, I think I've answered all the questions. Um, as usual, any questions over time, post them in the group. Um, but yeah, I will hype the SEO roadmap. Again, I do think it genuinely is such a great course. And I've taken so many courses, and that's enabled me to build this. Um, but yeah, this live wasn't about that. I just know that I should promote it and try to be marketing e once in a while. Um, but yeah, I was just bored. And knew I'd be distracted doing these keyword packages by myself alone in the room for a while. So thank you for keeping me company. And yeah, bye guys. Oh, I got to find Zoom now to close this out. There it is.